have a question for you. In a few minutes that we have left to think about, why are we here? Give you a chance to think about that, and then I'm going to come around and just have a few of you um, give us your answers. When I, uh, in the church I grew up in, there was a, a, a pastor who used to like periodically from time to time to kind of reorient us, and he would, he would start by saying, why are we here? And of course, he'd proceed to tell us why we're here. But uh, I thought it'd be good for us just to kind of take a few minutes to think about that at the start of this ministry year. So anybody besides Ryan want to volunteer an answer? <laughs> I won't do that, Ryan. I won't do that to you. Anybody? Why are we here? Yep. We're here. Is it on? Hello? Is it on? We're here to, uh, to praise Jesus for our salvation in him and tell others of his love for them that um, we as well may share in glory with those that uh, we reach out on his behalf. Okay, great. Good. Others? Anybody? Rupert. Let me get there. Thank you. I'm here because the Bible tells me to. It said, forget not the assembling of yourselves together. But more importantly, because I love Jesus Christ. And I love you, and it's my obligation as a believer to fellowship with you. Primarily because iron sharpened iron. The more we assemble, gather together, praise, honor the Lord Jesus Christ, the stronger we'll be. We are stronger when we are together. Okay. I am stronger when I'm with you. Okay, thanks, Rupert. Others? The new dad. I'm here to glorify God and further seeing his face um, bring glory to him throughout the week. Good, okay. Maybe time for a couple more. Way at the back, okay. When I sat down this morning, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you're gathering together and this is a place where you expect a guest of honor. And if the guest didn't show up, what would the purpose be? And if the guest is here, then you're here to honor the guest. And so we gather together on a Sunday morning. There has to be a guest of honor. And he is Yahweh, the Lord of glory. And we come to worship and honor him. Okay. Good, thanks. So we, I, if we took the time to go around the room, actually I can use, I'm going to switch to this one now, Kristen. If we took the time to go around the room, I know that there, there would be lots of answers, and uh, many of them would be similar, and some would be a little bit different. And there's truth in all of them, because there's, there are great outcomes that come from us gathering together on a Sunday morning. Uh, I've been reading in Exodus the establishment of the tabernacle after the Israelites were freed. And they were in the wilderness and, and God had them make the tabernacle. And in the making of the tabernacle, he gave them very specific instructions. Uh, I want to share just some couple of verses with you from Exodus chapter 29. I don't have a slide for this, so just listen to it if you don't mind. But it's Exodus chapter 29, verses 42 uh, to 46. And it says this, it says, For the generations to come, 
This burnt offering will be made regularly at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So there's already been many chapters, specific instructions on how to construct the, the tent, the tabernacle, what the courtyard will look like, and all of these other kinds of things. And, and now Yahweh is wrapping up his instructions to them and telling them, okay, so now that you've got this place to meet, here's what's going to happen. And he says, for generations to come, the burnt offerings will be made regularly, uh, at the entrance to the tent of meeting before the Lord, there I will meet with you and speak to you. There also I will meet with the Israelites, and the place will be consecrated by my glory. So I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar, and will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. Then I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God. They will know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of Egypt so that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. So for the Israelites who are God's people brought out of Egypt, gathered together in the wilderness, God gave them this tent of meeting and said, here, I will meet you here. I will speak to you here. I will glorify this place with my presence. I will consecrate it and everything in it. And here we will meet. And because we meet, good things will come out of that. You will know who you are as my people. And you will know who I am as your God. I would submit that in all of the reasons, all of the outcomes that are possible from you and I gathering together, this, this is the purpose. This is why we're here. To meet with our God. So that he can speak to us. And we can better know who we are and better know who he is. And that's why we're here. Aaron Nyquist, in his new book, uh, The Eternal Current, I think puts it well when he says this. He says, we gather as a church because God is creating a people. Not just billions of individuals on independent parallel journeys. One of the things that we've been talking about for the last few years in our, in our understanding of discipleship and in going deeper and being made for more in the kingdom of heaven, one of the things that we realize and we've been saying all along is that it's not just about your and my personal salvation. That's not what this is about. That is a benefit. That is a blessing. That is absolutely wonderful. But there's so much more going on here than just your salvation. So much more. Gathering in worship helps us submit to something bigger than our personal preferences. We're invited to sing new songs, listen to new ideas, and follow a path that is often one that we would not have chosen for ourselves. We gather so that we can become part of something so much bigger than ourselves. So that we can understand our identity in Christ as a people. Because God is not just saving you and saving me. He is making a people for himself. Where he will dwell and be glorified and sanctified. And he will show himself to the world through that people. And you and I are that people. 
And you're here to celebrate that. And I'm here to celebrate that. And we're here to be part of that. We're here to understand that. We're here to grow into that, to be formed more and more week after week into that people. A people that bear God's name. A people that represent Him to the world. Do you ever wonder what God is doing? Do you ever wonder what God is up to? What's on God's mind? What's on God's heart? We, we so freely share with God what's on our hearts and minds, and we should. We're, we're meant to bring all of our cares and all of our anxieties to Him and say, God, this is what I'm wrestling with. This is what I'm struggling with. But do we ever ask God, God, what, what are you struggling with? What are you wrestling with? What's on your heart? Do we ever wonder about that? It's not a mystery. It's no mystery. God has told us clearly in Scripture what keeps Him up at night find a good example of it right here in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. And we actually had this verse up as part of our reading earlier today. Paul writes this in the letter to the Ephesians. He said, And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. That is what your God is all about. That is what the Father in heaven is all about. That is what the Trinity is all about. That's what they're doing on earth today. And until that job is done, in whatever sense of time that that the Holy God has, that's what they're occupied with. Bringing all things in heaven and earth together under Christ. We've talked about this when we talked about the kingdom of heaven. We talked about the ministry of reconciliation in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where where Paul says the same things to the Corinthians and he says, and we're ambassadors. We're going out there with this message of reconciliation saying to the world, be reconciled to Christ. God has already done it through Christ. Christ has already made it possible. All that remains now is for everything and everyone to be brought together at this table. Every division, every separation, every fracture, every problem, every worry, whether it's national or relational, whether it's a fractured marriage or a broken family or whether it's a a, a work relationship or whether it's a relationship you have with your neighbors or whether it's nation to nation, city to city, whether it's interracial, whether it's between the genders, whatever it is, every division, every factor, every single problem is reconciled to God through Christ. And it's by coming to Christ that healing takes place in all those things. That's what God is doing. That's what He's doing. That's what this kingdom is all about. Whether it's recreating harmony with the environment, whether it's establishing social equity and justice, whatever it is, Christ is in the middle of all of that. Christ is the answer to all of that. And that's not being simplistic. That's the truth. Because that's where we meet. That's where we, where we are all on the same footing, as they say, at the foot of the cross, right? We're all in the same place. 
We're all sinners in need of a Savior, and thank God we have that. This year, we've chosen the book of Ephesians to be the backbone of our preaching. And we're going to be looking at it because Ephesians is Paul's blueprint to the church. It's this wonderful magisterial book that tells us what it is to be the people of God and how we are meant to live. It's rich with meaning and identity and purpose. And we're going to explore that deeply over the course of the coming months. So that we, as we gather, will know who we are, who our God is, and what our purpose is. Uh, Eugene Peterson, in his commentary on on, uh, Ephesians, says this. He says, Now that we know what is going on, that that the energy of reconciliation is the dynamo at the heart of the universe, it is imperative that we join in vigorously and perseveringly, convinced that every detail of our lives contributes or not to God's plan worked out by Christ. Now that we know what's going on, you and I are called to participate. We're called to be part of it. We're called to join in it. We're called to be co-laborers with Christ in this great purpose. But more than that, if you're in, if you're one of the people of God, then every single detail in your life either contributes or takes away from that mission. There's no part of your life that is untouched by it. Incredible. So why are you here? Why are you here? So I want you to think about this in the week ahead. I want to encourage you to think about it. Why do you come? Why do you come here Sunday after Sunday? And I'm so glad that you do, and I hope you always will. But why do you come? What is it that you're hoping for? What is it that you're looking for? What is it that you, you hope to see and experience while you're here? Because my prayer is that when you come, you will meet God. And you will experience the glory of God when we gather. Because then you're going to be changed. Then you're going to be changed. And you, along with me and all of the rest of us, will be formed into the people of God for our generation, for our day, for our place in human history. When you leave today, you're going to be given a little booklet like this, which is basically our way of introducing our theme for this year and talking about where we've been as a church, the journey we've been on, and where we believe God is calling us to go in the future. And I encourage you to get one of these and read it over the week ahead. And when we come back together again next week, let's dive in. And let's not just learn, but let's become more fully the people who bear God's name in our place and in our time. Amen.